Hi, I'm Laurel. And I'm Riley, and this is Tall Grass After Dark. Hello. Josh, what are we talking about today? Things and stuff, also some things. I, I, if I'm thinking about my future, mm-hmm. and I do have considerations outside my own self, mm-hmm. family, wife, kids, even pets, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Where do I begin? He's asking us a question now. I thought this was a continuation of the previous conversation, but I like yeah. I like that this is No, it isn't. This is more This official. is a real actual question. We are now talking about um estate planning topics. <laughs> so you have this, <laughs> you have considerations. I am on the same uh, page. Bullet with point y'all. number one. Okay, hey. I like it. Um I don't know if bullets are numbered anyway. Yes. Let's let's number some bullets. Dots. dots. That's a fair point. Number the bullets. Okay. Um, so the question was, you got things. Where do you start? Mm -hmm. Is that what I heard? Yeah, I mean, I think so. I have a yeah, a cursory understanding that you all have something to do with the stuff I have. Mm -hmm. If I die, actually, that's Mm -hmm. a really that. Mm -hmm. So ooh, there's a there's a bunch packed in there that my lawyer brain wants. I'll just let you talk for five minutes and then I'll chirp in. Yes. So I guess what I'll say is there are two premises cooked into your question that are both worth clarifying because they are popular misconceptions or misconceptions might be the wrong word, limited conceptions. Okay. So you asked about stuff I have and when I die. Absolutely. Estate planning deals with stuff you have and when you die. But in a lot of people's minds, like, that's the whole thing. You need a power of attorney. So. <laughs> power. Power. power, 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 power. power. <laughs> it was just, it was just so distracting. Because <laughs> um, it was like so razor sharp focus on point. I know. Carry on. It was, it was also a part of a whole. Um, so <laughs> stuff, like, let's start with stuff you have. I think understanding and misunderstanding what an estate is and helping as attorneys, helping clients kind of reconsider that question is really important. So while your estate does include stuff you have, what's an estate? Yeah, that, that is the, that is the question. Bullet points. <laughs> so we're getting them in there. That we really are. We're going to squeeze in. Laurel's made some powerful <laughs> suggestions. So That's how my mind works. I she's already contributing. It. Yeah, she's she really checking off the boxes. What is the whole paragraph? One sentence. She is pulling her weight. Um, so what's an estate? It, it, it includes your stuff, but more importantly, it includes your body and your network of relationships. And by your body, I mean li- literally your body is a big part of your estate. Your network of relationships, who do you love, how are you related to them, is incredibly important. And then just what are your values and beliefs and priorities? And what I'm hearing you say is you need a plan for all those things. So if if an estate is all of that, who matters to you, what matters to you, why does it matter to you, then the plan has to incorporate those things too. So um, the other thing you mentioned that was part of your question that is important, but again is incomplete, is that it's about a lot more than just what happens when you die. There's a whole, especially at your age, 
we have a lot of clients who are young professionals, young families. Um, you got a lot of life left to live. And if you're thinking to yourself, an estate plan is about what happens to my stuff when I die. No wonder so many people put this off because they think to themselves, I've got a long time before that happens. But there's so much between now and then that we could plan for effectively. I hope, you should keep talking. I hope wiping the beer off your chin is part of the video on this Me one. That's too. pretty great. Um, so, <laughs> Tall grass after dark. <gasps> that doesn't need to be beer roll. We're not right sponsored there. by Fat Tire, no, but I do like it. I think that should yeah. be part of the intro now. <laughs> it's just, I can't anyway. wait to see the outtakes. I, this is going to be amazing. This is going to be a good one. So, um, how do things function while you're healthy? Who's in charge? How do you maintain control? Or is there a need to plan for tax efficiency and asset protection? What about if you become incapacitated? Who's taking care of you? Who's taking care of your kids? Who's taking care of your assets? Who's guarding your values, right? So all of that is part of the plan too. So okay. your question was good. Yeah, but let, let me back up. Okay. How do you, how do you write into law? Hmm. My values. How I'm do you? So how does that? How does that stick? I like, love that. So you say, "Oh, it's about your values and what you think and mm. what you want to do." How? What does an estate attorney have to do with that? Right. The, I mean, the I know easy... how I want to answer that, but I'll let you ruin it first. I'm totally kidding. You're wow. gonna be amazing. Do I have a cup of water? I, I need a, the Just water. Just dump that on my head. I don't have Just it. Don't. There's a lot of different ways, but one of the first things that I really like is to help a client understand that it's possible. Because most of the time when they're thinking about, oh, I, I most of the time a client walks in and they feel like I need to do a will, right? I, I know that I need a will. Everybody's told me that I need to do it. So I'm going to do that. And, you know, that's a, that's a beginning point. Um, it means they recognize they need to do something that living forever is not actually an estate plan. Um, but estate hoping. I love you. That's yeah. with your fingers. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. But what we try to do is really kind of help a client understand, yeah, that is super important, you know, what happens to your stuff, but it's possible to do more than that and to include your values in that. And first, to, to begin to think in that way, you need to know it's possible. Um, from there, you're going to be able to do it in a number of different ways, right? Like, um, who are you putting in charge of making financial decisions or healthcare decisions? Are you going to ask some of your people to work together when it comes to, so we've had a number of clients say, well, my daughter, she's always going to take care of me, but she's not great with money. My son, he's a little black and white, right? So he's great with money, but he's not going to maybe always be making the decisions I would want. And so they want the two of them to work together when it's above a certain dollar amount, right? So that's a kind of a place where you can talk about, this is what I'm worried about, this is what's important to me, and kind of put that into your planning. So really, we wanna have a really full conversation that invites you to talk about what matters to you, what's important to you, what are you hoping to accomplish? Um, you need to know what's possible right? And feel comfortable having that conversation. And then we as the attorneys are going to be able to get into your documents in a lot of different places and put that in. And what that looks like most of the time is clear, detailed instructions and guidelines to the people you've identified as your, what are called fiduciaries, right? So executors in a will or trustees of a trust or agents in a power of attorney. So 
uh, I mean, just today we've had meetings with clients who one of them um, prioritizing education for their nieces and nephews, big value. Um, in their mind, when we started this process, it was just, how do I make sure that my money gets to these people? And then we started to talk about, well, what would you want it to accomplish? And they were like, I don't even know we can think about that. And when we started to unpack the question, it really, they're two people that have advanced degrees. They value education. They think it's an important thing and they want to incentivize their nieces and nephews to pursue that. So if they're under a certain age, clearly identifying to the trustees that we want to really incentivize them to chase educational opportunities, not necessarily a four-year college program, but something that's about like pursuing learning beyond high school. Um, that's a value they had. We can make sure that there are clear instructions on how and when that that money should be used for those people. Other clients might be folks who didn't necessarily go the route of education, but became successful entrepreneurs because of their own ingenuity. And they wanted to make sure that if they died while their children were still young, that that money, was, it was clear to their, their trustees that that should be used for things like venture capital or loans on small business ideas, right? Um, let the trust be something that funds these dreams, even if their kids don't get a four-year degree. Maybe they drop out of college at, as a sophomore because they've got a billion-dollar idea. How can we feed that? Um, and, other, and Bradley, I would just say, is um, he's talked several times about trustee. You're giving mm. uh, information to your trustee, guidelines to your trustee. Yeah. And um, that's kind of hinting at something that can be really important. You know, are we talking with a client about a will? Or are we talking with them about a trust? The, those are kind of the cornerstone documents. There are a lot of other documents that are really important, powers of attorney being one of them. Um, but yeah, yeah, I was going to have y'all back up and kind yeah, of define yeah. some of like right. you, so, you're saying fiduciary, trustee, uh, will. I mean, I think will is kind of a general understood word, maybe. I don't know. Is, is that <laughs> no. something that people get wrong? Yeah, it's too? a generally used word, yeah. but okay. commonly misunderstood. And, word. and I would love to just dive into that because I too watch a lot of British mysteries, <laughs> right? Where we sit at the big fancy table and the person in the fanciest clothes reads out the will to all of the people that the will mentions. And apparently that's then supposed it's done. to be all. Yeah, like, no. job done. We've read the Woo. will. Now the stuff is yours. Uh-huh. That's all we needed no. to do. We had a will. Um, and I will just say that uh, in every state, it's a little bit different. But in the state we are currently living in, which is Oklahoma, um, no, right? A will is going to require probate. And a probate at the very fastest is going to be six months. But most of the time, good scenario, one year. Six months to a year to do Six what? months to a year to probate it. So, and what so that probate, probate is a court-controlled process where the state figures out who gets to own your stuff next. Yeah. That's in essentially o- what it is. Right? In Oklahoma, a will has power only because a judge gives it power. And that's the biggest misunderstanding. Folks will come and say us and say, hey, I've heard I need a will because I want to avoid probate. And we'll say, cool that you need a will. Maybe you do. But... First thing we need to talk about is how it's not going to do the thing you just said, right? In order for that will to actually be effective in accomplishing anything, it's got to be overseen in a court administration process called probate. Um, It does not avoid courts. It requires courts. And so that requires more attorneys. Attorneys. Time. If you die. Heartache. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Hmm. Um, Because they're public processes. They're easy to challenge. they, uh, They involve 
regularly. Um, I'm, I'm learning the, fur- the further we get into our practice, the more often than not that wills are contested somehow. Because they require statutory notice to all of the stat- like heirs, um, to basically anybody who could possibly be an interested party, even if maybe the will has disinherited them. Uh, and that can, it just invites them to come to the court and maybe Argue disagree. About things. Yeah. So they could be at the court and say, Grandpa said the cat was mine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Or more often than not, it's and, something more like it was clear that dad wanted me to have the house. Mm-hmm. Right. So the stakes are high mm-hmm. because the family doesn't understand the difference between conversation around the dinner table and what's actually legally enforceable. And then you got a judge that is the one deciding all that who has and, no connection. And all the judge knows is what's written on this piece of paper. Right. And maybe dad didn't write this piece of paper so well. Right. right. Um, so, so attorneys don't write wills. Attorneys do, but so do. <laughs> I will work on that. Yes. Can you go watch our show and I'll be right back. Okay. Let's, let's make sure. Let's make sure a, a boy nipple gets into this episode. Um, boy nipples. <laughs> we used to dance under that name. Boy nipples. Um, Big, big boy, big boy nipples. B-O-I. Uh-huh. Boy nipples. Um, so we're going to take it from action. Attorneys don't write wills. Yes. Attorneys, <laughs> mm-hmm. attorneys do write wills, but so do individuals on legal zoom or on the back of a napkin. So I can just write the will myself. Yes. And I'm not an attorney, so it'd be bad more than likely. So here's, and what does that this, mean? This is probably something mm-hmm. attorneys don't want to say. Um, but you don't have to have an attorney to write any legal document. You can write your own will. You can write your own power of attorney, write your own trust, write your own contract. In the same way that you could do your own knee surgery. You don't need to hire a doctor. You can do that. Yeah, like you tried to do. And then I talked to my yeah, friend. Well, it wasn't and she's my like, knee surgery. Mm-mm, yeah. Mm-mm. So it may not be a good idea for you to try it, to do it that yourself. It was not a good idea. Just like doing your own knee surgery. And that's Probably. a little out there, but maybe like your own stitches or something. Right. Yeah, you can, you can end up with like a pirate scar. I can actually see somebody trying to just save some cash. Okay, but here's the thing, speeches. though. Like, yeah, a pirate can just like suture up their own wound, mm-hmm. and then they have their pirate scar, and they can be so proud, or they could die of infection. You know, one of the two. When you're doing your own documents, by the time those documents actually need to be used, you're no longer able to participate in whether or not they work or they're working how you want them to. Yeah, you are, and that's messed up. You you are counting on knowing something that you just don't know. Um, yeah. So because you are either incapacitated, and that's why they need the power of attorney, and so that you can't come in at that point and say, ah, well, uh, I really what meant, I meant was, yeah, yeah, no, I wanted them to be able to sell the house. No, I wanted them to be able to stop me from spending all of the money because I now have dementia and I don't understand what I'm doing. Changing my beneficiaries, right? opening or, and closing bank accounts, right? or you're, or you've died, and. There's no coming back and like haunting a person. I thought doing this was going to avoid probate. Yeah. Nope. This is now you right. are stuck with that. Right. right. So yes, of course you can draft your own documents and people often do, and they are almost always problematic somehow. Um, so a will again, like the, the, the two documents that tend to be central in people's estate plans are either will or something called a trust. Mm-hmm. And a trust I think is easiest to understand if you compare it to a will, right? So a will Again, it's just a declaration of your intentions that requires a judge to make it happen. 
A trust is a contract, mm -hmm. and that contract creates a legal entity, and that legal entity can own property. It can own your house. It can own your bank accounts. It can become the beneficiary of your life insurance and your retirement. It can own your brokerage. It can own your business interests. A, a well-drafted trust is like an elegant gazelle, and it captures all of your values into itself, and it can hold your property. And so it gallops over the need for probate, and then it elegantly distributes them, and maybe even asset protects them for your people. And I love a trust. Um, so... Uh, I'm gonna. I'm not really sure where a gazelle <laughs> comes into that. That's what they are to me. <laughs> it, I love them. It owns property like a gazelle could. Um, <laughs> so when I'm dead or when I'm I alive, how does this trust work? So that's that's a really good question. There are there are a lot of different ways to categorize trusts: revocable, irrevocable, grantor, non-grantor, and then there's also this category called a living trust and a testamentary trust. Oh gosh, no. A testamentary trust only exists when you die. It's created by a will and it requires probate. And so you've never had a chance to see how it works, let alone explain to your beneficiaries and your trustees how you wanted it to work in the first place. And you're just hoping that it was written really well and that the judge and you have the same vision about how it was going to work. I really don't like a testamentary trust. It's more like a gross hyena, <laughs> not an elegant gazelle. It's along that's, those lines. That's yeah. where my mind was going. Yeah, I was just trying to chase the metaphor that Lola was using earlier. But chase it. I'm, I'm done with it. I don't they know. Hyenas chase. I mean, they, I don't, they, they, no, they, they just, just they just feast on what's there at death. And we're carrying the, the carrion. A testamentary trust. I was right and didn't even know it. It is like a hyena. It's just feasting on the death carnage. So, so um. But a revocable living but a revoc trust. A, a living trust is a trust you create while you're alive and you grant your property to it now. So Laurel and I have got a revocable living trust, and both of those words are important. Um, it's a trust that we created now while we're living, and it's revocable. We can change the terms of it anytime we want to. But right now, Laurel and I don't own our house or our bank accounts. Our trust does. We aren't the beneficiary of our life insurance policies. Our trust is, right? So, so if I don't own my cash, how, how do I use it? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. But you are yeah. both the trustee and the first level beneficiary. So you are managing the assets for the benefit of the beneficiary who is you. yourself. So it, it's kind of like, so the trust, the, the contract part of the trust, and it's an agreement between the people who create the trust and people that run the trust, the grantors and the trustees. Right now, Laurel and I are both the grantors of the trust and the trustees of our trust, and we're the beneficiaries of the trust. So we have made an agreement with ourselves to hold our property for our own benefit. Okay. In other words, everything you can do with your stuff outside of a trust, if it's a properly drafted revocable living trust, you can continue to do inside of your trust. We can sell this house, buy another one, open bank accounts, close them, all that kind of stuff. But because there's this other legal entity that owns our stuff, if something happens to Laurel and I and we pass away, there's no need for a probate because there's no question of ownership. Okay, because I was going to start to ask, like, so this right. is complicated, so wh what's the Why point? would you do right, it, right? Yeah. So, but, so first level, first level reason of doing a revocable trust is probate avoidance. But that's not the only thing, and in, in my opinion, not the most important thing that it's good at. That's like 101. That's, that's 
elementary level stuff for a trust. If you keep up with your funding, and almost no one does. Which is so why you need a law firm that does that. if you're listening to this and you that. think to yourself, we do that yeah. for you. If you're thinking to yourself, I have a trust, I don't need to worry about this. Have you been keeping up with your funding? Does it still have stuff? you? So okay. here's where somebody's going to go. All yeah. right, that's the game. You get people locked into these trusts. You are running them. You are obviously taking some money out no. of this thing. We don't run them. We're not the trustee. Nothing. We just uh, give ongoing support to our clients to make sure that they keep working. I mean, that's how Tallgrass does it. I will just say to you generically as a person, as anybody who's hearing us, you need to stay on top of your funding. And there are ways that you can do that without talking to an attorney. But... You need to stay on top of your funding. Funding here means making sure your trust owns funding. your stuff. Funding. Make sure. So I like to think of a trust like, so you you created this beautiful trust and it has all these whirly dudes within it. Those are the like rules a, that like you created. Like a gazelle. <laughs> no, not like a gazelle. We're moving away from the gazelle. Different metaphor. Different okay, metaphor, yes. Now we're moving to sand toys. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Sand toys. Here we go. Okay, so anybody has kids who's ever gone to a place that has sand, has seen those toys, and you pour sand in the top, and then there's all these, like, whirly-doos, and, like, sand flows, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so your trust is like that, right? You create the whirly-doos, right? You create what happens to the stuff, but you still have to point all the stuff to pour in to the trust so that it abides by the rules of the whirly-doos that wait, you created. Wait a second, so Laura. if I make a trust, if, yeah. if I work with you all, mm -hmm. Create a trust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I put my house in the trust in January of 2021. Right. Mm -hmm. If I go and buy a, another home in January of 2025, mm -hmm. you're saying I've got to make sure th there's an actual step I've got to take to put that that home. Because yes. it was only, right. I would own it, but yes, my trust person. wouldn't own it. Exactly. Right. Yes. So you need to think about there's a shift in ownership that happens in your life. You no longer are the owner of things your trust is. Now, that's incredibly important because this isn't how it works in all states, but in Oklahoma and in most states, it's not good enough to just draft a trust and say, my trust owns all my stuff. But actually, title at the county clerk for your house or at the bank, the signature card, title is actually in your name. You could have intended all day long to put your stuff in your trust, and your trust could even mention it, but nothing actually happens until the owner changes to your trust. So, how do you do that? You might ask. Yeah, um, a person yeah. might ask that. That was the next bullet point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you would do it through deeds for real property. Uh, you do it through change of beneficiary forms for things like bank accounts. Um, life insurance. Life insurance policies. We actually prefer bank accounts to be owned by your trust if possible, not beneficiary designations. Sometimes yeah. that's a pain in the tuchus, but you know. It depends on the bank. And then uh, transfer uh, transfer on death forms, which is like just you're transferring ownership. It's similar to a change of beneficiary form. It's called by something else, but usually you'll do that with like stocks. Brokerage. Yeah. And this, this seems like a lot to seems like a lot. That's why you should probably so hire somebody who so knows about estate yourself. planning. So here, it's always this. People will sometimes say to us throughout this process, like, this is sounding complicated. And you're right. There's not a way to downplay that. What we try to help people understand is we're not actually creating complications that aren't there. If you don't deal with these complications now, they'll be dealt with later on mm -hmm. through a court-controlled process mm -hmm. out of your hands. So... The trust planning process doesn't create any complications that are not already part of your life. Who owns stuff and when and how and why and all that kind of thing. 
If you don't absorb those complications and answer those questions now so that it's simple later, you can instead keep things simple now and the complication will land on your loved ones later on, right? But we're not, we're not creating anything that doesn't already exist. We're just saying, let's pull those complications forward and I will absorb them so my family doesn't have to during a crisis. Makes sense. Takeaway, get a power of attorney power, if you do power, nothing power, else. Power, you should do something else. What's the power Also of get a power of attorney. So a power of attorney, so you could give me power of attorney. Well, that would mean- I'm like a gazelle. Oh uh, yeah, okay. you you gazelle self, you. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you give me power of attorney because I'm a similar gazelle spirit, right? We're gonna flow together, right? Okay, what that means is I can legally do on your behalf whatever you could legally do on your own behalf. And I can do it in your own name. So um, downsides, right? I could open up a credit card in your name for you, and then maybe I could use it. Oh, I shouldn't do that. Okay, so you wanna make sure you give your power of attorney to somebody that is gonna be trustworthy and knows how to manage finances. Um, You're also gonna wanna make sure that um, they're doing it. Sorry, my dog just came in. This is Luna. That they know what you're trying to accomplish. Right. Um, so you don't want them just kind of willy nilly doing whatever. Yada, yada. So that's where your first question comes back into play. Right. So like you've got values and beliefs and priorities that drive how you use your money for yourself and your wife and your kids and your grandkids. If you become incapacitated, your money still needs to be used in a way that's consistent with your values. So if we create a legal document like a power of attorney or a trust or a will, that will empowers people to represent you and your interests. It's called a fiduciary. Comes from the Latin word for trust. We trust these people. So your fiduciaries having the legal authority to manage your stuff is step one. And that's where a lot of people stop. But a well-drafted estate plan is not going to just give them the authority, but is also going to give them guidance. And the, the, the documents should include guidance that says, you know, this document is unique to Josh Linton. And you know that because his values are clearly laid out here. So part of our job as attorneys is not just to hit print on a generic boilerplate document, but to spend time counseling you and drafting in a way that incorporates and identifies what your values are. And that can be the kind of places I like to give my money to. Right. Could be or giving. how I want my money to work. Right. Right. So you're going to invest this money, not spend it. Right. Exactly. Tax efficiency might be important to you. Charitable giving may be important to you. Um, if you were around to help your kids buy their first home, there's probably going to be a particular way you do that. Um, can they qualify for the loan independently? Or are you just going to help with the down payment? Are you going to help with some repairs? Um, if you were to die and your children were still in their young adulthood and preparing for that, how would your trustee know to use your money to help them the same way you would if you were there? Right. Yeah. Um, so unpacking those kind of scenarios and getting into people's concerns about their kids and grandkids, um, the value system that drives how they even get their money and, and why they use it the way they do, um, what they're afraid of, what they're anxious about, what they hope for. That's all an important part of this process. And so, what, you know, picking people that you trust 
um, expressing to those people that you trust what your values are, uh, making sure that the power of attorney that's drafted actually gives them all the authority they need, has all the language within it, so that a financial institution or other institution will actually honor it and allow them to do what needed to happen is super duper important. Um, and those are things to be careful and watchful of. But if you don't have that in place, um, just because you're married to somebody, just because that's my mom, just because that's my dad or my sibling, that doesn't matter legally. It doesn't give you the authority to talk to the mortgage company to access their bank account. Can you give me a purple drink? Yeah. And so that's why a power of attorney is super duper important. Welcome to Tallgrass. That was that. That was a very Tallgrassy moment. After purple dark. drink. Yeah. This is yeah. This is what it's like to live and work at Tallgrass. So Here drink. comes Bruno and his Ryan cup. Do I have yeah. to choose will, power of attorney, or or a trust? They one or the other. So ones? not necessarily. It's almost like um, each of them kind of transcend and include the other, right? So mm -hmm. you could just have a power of attorney, but all that does is control how your assets are used during your incapacity. It's got nothing to do with death. So that's a screwdriver. That's a, Yeah. You could have a will that describes how to distribute ownership of your assets when you die, but that's only if those assets are still owned by you with no beneficiary and no joint owner, and that requires probate. That's a hammer. Or you could have a trust, or I shouldn't say or, and you could have a trust, the difference between the trust... Oh, the, the trust is a gazelle. Trust is the gazelle. <laughs> so it's not even like a tool. It's right. Just a no. Just a we just, just a jump metaphors. Mixing all the metaphors. Jumping like a gazelle into the So metaphors. because a trust owns stuff, because a trust owns stuff, it works very differently from a power of attorney and a will. Power of attorney, again, can only control assets that are owned by you. If it's owned by the trust, the trust controls it. A will can only control assets that are owned by you. If the trust owns it, the trust controls it. We still include powers of attorney with a trust plan because not everybody is going to transfer every asset they have to their trust, like your IRA or 401k. You don't want to make the trust the owner of that during your lifetime because that's a taxable event. Won't get into that right now, but the idea is that's going to cost you. Um, but there are different kinds of tools in your toolbox, and you are going to have tools that are appropriate for what you're trying to accomplish. And that's where you all come in. Yes. Trying to figure out what I'm wanting to accomplish and translating right. that into a way that it's going to make the trust work. And just to or, like put one yeah. more point on that to answer your question, we do usually include a will with a trust, but it's a specific type of will called a pour over will. The only beneficiary of that will is the trust. What it says is if I, Josh, died and I have assets that I forgot to transfer to my trust, didn't even realize I had these things or I inherited them later and never went through the steps to get them into my trust. I want to go through the probate process and then pour them over into my trust so that my trust still is controlling them for my loved So I don't have to keep up with my funding after all. Um, only if you want to oh. go through probate. <laughs> my heart almost yeah. stopped Oof. for a minute. Yikes. We, we want the pour over wheel to be meaningless paper. It's, oh, okay. it's, it's an airbag on your car. You should still use your brake. But if you don't, you'll survive the crash. Gotcha. Yeah. I just had to throw that in as no, the I think last that's, bullet point. Yeah. What if, what if somebody didn't have all these bullet points and they just come in and like... We give them the bullet points. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Most yeah. people don't. Most people come in and they're like, I have a vague I sense that I, I should do plan. something. Yeah. Uh, it, I don't know. Probably half of our meetings are people that start by saying, I think I need an estate plan, but I don't even know what that means. Right. Exactly. 
Yeah. Because um, most of the country has done no planning, like at all. They're just 60% like, of the population, nothing, right? Uh, no power of attorney, no will, nothing. Right. 60%. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that because people just think, I don't got a lot of stuff? It's because it's, or yeah, that. And it's I a, don't have an estate, which is wrong. It's a hard conversation to have, yeah. right? Because you're contemplating like different points of time that are different from right now. They're healthy right now. They feel like, oh, well, you know, yeah, that'll happen eventually, but I have time, right? Or they assume it's going to be um, incredibly expensive, and it can be. But you could also have an attorney like us who will say to somebody, if you need this planning and you can't afford it, we'll just give it to you. Right. So, um, yeah. How does that work? I mean, just like that. Just like that. We don't have like an application process. It's honor system. If somebody says, I need to get this done and we talk through it and we agree with them. Yeah, you need this. Um, and they say, cool, but I can't pay you. We go, cool. We're going to do it anyway. I will look at you with my wily eye and I'll be like, listen, could you pay something? We're trying to do this for as many people as possible. And you know, we have bills, but yeah, the goal is we're going to take care of the community. Right. And so if you're a person and you actually need this planning and like we had, you know, there was a situation where they were, uh, one was a special needs teacher uh, and the other one, they were a teacher as well. And they had a house, they had a kiddo. They really needed a certain kind of planning. They could not afford that kind of planning. We just gave it to them. Yeah. Because the planning is, is crucial. Right. Yeah, it is. Gotta, we don't we don't want to live in a community where people don't have this tool available to them. It just it's it's better for everyone if maintaining values and transferring assets happens as seamlessly and as inexpensively as possible. Yeah, I mean that sounds like a great episode <laughs> later to just sort of talk through all the peripheral trickle uh, effects of. People not having planning, not right, only for right. them and their family and their loved ones, but just in the way it impacts society. Yeah, right. we've seen a lot of those stories. Those are rough ones. Thank you all for watching Tallgrass After Dark. If you don't, don't want to stare at our ugly faces, you can find the audio version anywhere podcasts can be found. But if you do enjoy staring at our beautiful faces, please subscribe to the Tallgrass Estate Planning YouTube channel so you do not miss the next Tallgrass After Dark. Beautiful. Say goodbye to this camera. Goodbye. We love you. Anyone have a rant for this week? Yeah. <clears throat> I apparently did earlier, but I'm just, I'm pretty, feeling pretty good now. I'm not as salty as I was, so doesn't matter. What were you salty about? I don't Golden know. Girls. Ah, uh, yeah. Well. And, and like, we'll I be gone. I feel like people will have, or whatever watch or interact with that. <laughs> What? They will want to tell you how wrong you are about not liking I mean, Golden Girls. I could throw some shit out there well, just to you should. clickbait. Maybe you should. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, Golden has opinions. <laughs> Golden Girls suck. Yeah. Um. You already had an Oreo cookie. You had three Oreo cookies. No, I got her. She was insistent it was going to be you. She was not going to let me touch Wow, it. that's a lot. Pearl needs to get over it. Hashtag get over it. Hashtag let him wipe your butt. I'm telling you what. That's a lot. Just enjoy having someone wipe your butt. Great. Right. Because like, now you have to do it yourself. Yeah. Can I put that it's in my state a, plan? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to have to wipe my butt. Can I, can I pick who gets to wipe my butt mm-hmm. when I... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I get to my trust has to use a bidet. <laughs>
Do you have a bidet? I do. Do you have a tushy? No, I have a squatty potty. Squatty potty, okay. I can't do the squatty potty. Like the, 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 actual, the actual squatty thing, yeah. Like, you're the height they design toilets for. They do not design toilets for short people. So our angle is wrong. Huh. So the squatty potty. Squatty potty. Because your knees are supposed to be like a little, like mm-hmm. high. Some yeah, toilets are way down there right. for me. But he thinks this stuff's stupid. He just thinks, oh, how could I? Why would I even talk to estate planning attorneys? That sounds so Holy boring. Only reason he thinks some, an attorney's valuable is because he can convince them to do a podcast. And there you go. Get there you some go. money from them. Yeah.